Wow Kingdom Conversations. It's Catherine, and I have Sarah here with me. Hey, guys. (laughs) She's on the dynamic duo, back and better than ever. Um, This week, we kind of want to talk about um, just something that the Lord had been showing us last year. You know, we had um, a time that we're, as we all can never forget, where we were in uh, quarantine and you know, during that time, we were kind of forced to go into our homes and have church and, uh, you know, watch from home, watch online, stream and, and you know, uh, ministries overcame that. And, and we had, you know, Easter services uh, all across the world, really, that were, were joining online. And thank God for the, um, the modes of communication that we did have for the, the word to still uh, go out. But um, during that time, Sarah had wrote a book <laughs> called Revelation uh, Straight Out of Quarantine. And I can't believe we've had like five podcasts and it's took us this long to get to the the, the time of mentioning her book. But um, in that book, she had, uh, we had had a prayer line and the Lord had been given us uh, just words and messages and and different things uh, that we would share on the prayer line last year, like a phone line that people would call in. And the one chapter that she had was the church has left the building. So that is the the basis of our, our, our talk today is about the church, not just being inside the four walls of a building. So uh, Sarah, share a little bit about the uh, the chapter and a little bit about the book. Yeah, it was uh, chapter one is just like you said, is called The Church Has Left the Building. And 2020 was quite the year, rememberable to say the least, uh, for a lot of us. And um, we had never experienced anything like that before. Shutdowns, riots, toilet paper, mask, (laughs) um, you know, hand sanitizer was the answer to every single question that was asked. And um, there, there was the, the world had changed. And but was it all bad? And mm-hmm. I'm not minimizing any loss. Um, I experienced loss during 2020. My grandmother uh, passed away due to COVID. Um, you know, a lot of people suffered, suffered loss in, in 2020. But was it all bad? And that depends on your perspective. You know, 2020 was my worst and best year of my life. Mm. I I wrote a book um, as, as I got locked, I like to say locked up with Jesus in in the house. And um, it was just one-on-one time. I remember when they announced uh, that you couldn't leave the house and they were going to do a a, a shutdown over the whole nation. Um, Me and my dad and my two kids, we all got on our hands and knees and prayed and we repented. We got face down on the floor and, we had a time of repentance for, for us, for our family, and for our nation, for everything that we have made it. And we just got back to the, to the heart of worship. And the God started speaking to me, to my kids, um, to my dad, Fresh Revelation. And it was just a time that I wouldn't have traded, traded for a- anything. And my first uh, revelation, I call it the uh, Obed-Edom aha moment. And Obed-Edom um, is from the Bible in 2 Samuel. And it was when David had just become king. Um, the king prior was uh, Samuel. I mean, King Saul. Excuse me, King Saul. And um, the 
Ark of the Covenant is what held the presence of God. And um, the Philistines had stolen the Ark while Saul was king. And a lot of stuff happened to them and they were terrified of it. So they just left it sitting where it was. And Saul really did, didn't matter to him. But to David, it did. Mm. And he immediately was, I'm going to go get the Ark of the Covenant where the presence is. And I want to bring it back to the tabernacle. And he went and at first he didn't have it handled the proper way. And um, a man lost his life. So he's like, okay, uh, I got to think about this. He had a time of repent. He took the Ark of the Covenant and he placed it in Obed-Edom's house until he had the proper preparations taken care of. And it stayed in Obed-Edom's house for uh, three months. And those three months, his whole... Uh, family and household were blessed because of the presence. And when he come to get the ark, D David, to pick it up, Obed-Edom followed the presence of God and became a doorkeeper at the tabernacle. And he couldn't live with being close and near to the presence. And that was my aha moment. You know, we were forced home, forced to be in our homes and to have the presence of God there where it should always be. Amen. You know, with, with us, wherever we go and it just not, you know, when we go for an hour on Sundays um, in the church building, you know, we should care, you know, we should follow the presence. And that was my question. You know, when we got released, cause they're always going to, there comes a time of release and we're in that now we're in that time of release now, but are we going to follow where the presence of God leads? Because we have to come in alignment with him. It does not work the opposite. We don't come, he doesn't come in alignment with us. No, we have the Holy Spirit in us and we should be following his lead. Amen. Amen. That's good. And to, you know, when the presence of God, I hate to use the term shows up because it's always there. You know, what did it say at the beginning of time when God created the word, it said, or the world, he, his presence dwelled oh, and hovered over, over, over the earth. It didn't say it ever departed but when someone taps into the presence of god they notice the difference in their life and something that always stood out to me too significantly in the old testament under the old covenant you know these uh they had to pray for the presence of god to rest upon them well mm -hmm. the presence of god in a, as new covenant believers it dwells within us so we have 24 7 access to it it doesn't have to be you know in a specific like you said setting or a specific building or around specific people we threw that was one of the 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 gifts that 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 jesus sent to us is the the holy spirit and that we have access to that we don't have to pray the prayer like david did oh lord you know your presence have it not depart from me you know you see david in the psalms all the time crying out to God and saying, I don't want your presence to depart from me because these people, you know, Elijah, the old, the old Testament um, prophets and, and, and significant people, you see them just desiring that presence and what a privilege that we have 24 seven access to it now. And David had a really good understanding too about, um, I had actually been reading this in the last couple of days in first Samuel 30 and at the time, as we know, him and Saul were kind of at odds with one another. And he, 
he in this one particular story when his uh it said the um i believe it was the amalekites came and they had kidnapped all the women and children and he said bring the ephod to to me which the ephod was the only thing out of the holy temple because saul had banned him from the temple so he got you know kicked out of the church basically he couldn't go to the church because that was saul's territory but he knew the significance of bringing the church to him and Sarah I know you and uh some of the girls uh back back east there in uh Baltimore have been down to uh Planned Parenthood and you've really seen seen this in action of of bringing the church to people share share a little bit about uh about that what you see down there well the first time I went down there and it's downtown Baltimore um inner city and the first time um that I went there I was thinking like, you know, I'm going to change these people and uh, I'm going to tell them, you know, how it is and what they're doing is wrong and all these things. And, you know, as soon as I got down there and had actually been, you know, boots on the ground, um, I have to tell you. I was all wrong. If anything, it has changed me. I didn't realize that I needed a heart check. Um, and actually being down there, you actually have empathy for for these women. And it's just so heartbreaking, their situations. And you could see how they feel like they have no other choice. Mm. And, um, you know, we're down there. And of course, we don't want them to have the abortion because we don't believe in abortion. We um, we're pro-life and we believe in choosing life. You know, the, the Bible says, I put before you now death and life. Now choose life. Life is a choice. And but these situations, uh, we've met so many different women. I mean, the one girl, she had a two year old baby with her. And she said that um, her baby's father is in jail and her family said that if she didn't have the abortion that she was putting her and her two-year-old out on the streets wow and um there there was uh another uh young couple and he had got a he they have other children and he got arrested the night before for buying diapers and they said we cannot afford this baby and um you know, we give the money for diapers and things like that. And, and, you know, they, they, they made the choice. It, it, it's, it's their choice. Um, but we still were able to pray with them and, and not, and not a judgment way because there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Um, you know, of course the Lord doesn't want us to make these choices because there is so much guilt and shame connected to it afterwards. And it's so hard. They, they never do, forgive themselves after because they believed a lie and we usually try to stay later for uh if they're if they're carrying a certain color folder that means that they had an abortion that day and if it's a different color that means that they took the abortion pill um so we kind of know when they're coming out what's you know what's what um but we stay there for the women carrying the folders so we can pray with them afterwards also and tell them how much God loves them and nothing could separate them from that love. And um, I remember one girl come out and I said, you know, Christ loves you exactly the same when you walked in that building as when you walked out. Yeah. And it's the truth. One of my favoriteest um, 
most favorite. Let me, I know I like to make up words on here all the time. Then I listen to it back. And I'm like, why did I say that? So one of my most favorite quotes is ministry is loving who is in front of you. And you, you guys are there right at that moment, such a crucial moment. Like you said, when the enemy is coming in with shame and all these horrible, just the emotional trauma that comes along with it to just love on people. And I think as the church, it's so important to remember that people are people and we have to start looking at people, how Jesus looks at them. He doesn't treat people like a number on the back of his Bible. He doesn't treat people like a statistic or like, a, Oh, they're not part of my, my group or they're not part of the church crowd or, Oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, like you said, you kind of had these pre- presumptions and these things in your own mind that you, that you thought about people. And I've done the same thing. Like, Oh, we're going to go out and we're, you know, we're like, we're on some, <laughs> higher plateau than people and you know that's what Jesus done in his ministry is he got down you know we we love the sinner and we hate the sin and the, the sin in their life and he loved sinners and just poured out love on them and like you said he he had empathy for them which is different than sympathy which is oh I feel so bad but empathy is feeling Sympathy is feeling sorry for someone, but empathy is feeling what that person feels and seeing life, how they see it and experiencing it, how they see it. So when we, you know, if we were going by, oh, let's see, you know, we got church attendance or numbers or, and those are all wonderful things. We, you know, of course we are all for the local church, you know, being plugged into your local church, be a part of, you know, a community and small groups and serving in the church. And you can really grow and flourish there because a seed has to be planted in order to grow, but then it's going beyond and taking it out into other areas and other spheres of influence and other places and being that light in the lost and dying world because you know if we're judging a ministry's quote-unquote success by just their numbers or their attendees or even numbers of healings and salvations then by those standards Jesus's ministry would have been considered a failure but he was the most prolific human being that ever came to earth so we can't you know, use this gauge of judging things by what we see, what we see, uh, yeah. What by what's on the outside, by what we think we know, because we, we, what we think we know about people or people groups or situations is, is a pin drop compared to the actual whole bigger picture. And um, I know there's a ministry on Instagram, it's called God behind bars and, and you follow it and I follow it. And it's so, impacts me to see them go into these prisons in these places and just minister and love on these people who have, you know, kind of been rejected by society, who've kind of been wrote off and forgotten by even their own families and, and closest people to them. And, and it's just so beautiful to see these, these men and women's lives being touched by worship and, you know, the importance too of, of worship in, you know, church yeah. as a lifestyle, that it's not, like you said, just a one hour service per week, but it's taking that, that worship out into the world and worship actually gave David access to new covenant privileges in an old covenant in the Bible. And like, that is so like, if, if you like the, to just like that atmosphere that we create through our worship and through worshiping God, that truly is, 
you know, we can bring church to people through a lifestyle of worship. That's so good. It says go out into the world and preach the gospel. And we get filled up when we, you know, gather together, but then we need to go pour it out and keep the cycle going. Um, You know, Jesus met people where they were, where they were at. They didn't stay there, but he met them there. Amen. Amen. And he loved them there. And we just need to give more grace to people because, you know, more times than none, they have been through something that we don't know. And something has happened um, normally through their childhood. And everyone, there's a difference between our conscience and the Holy Spirit conviction. And everyone forms their conscience from by how they were raised. So that is different from, you know, the Holy Spirit tugging on you. So they, from how they were raised and what they've seen their entire life, you know, may not feel like that is a sin or that's a bad or that's immoral because they've never known any different. Absolutely. You know, so that's what, that's where we have to meet them there, love on them, open up that dialogue, sit down and have conversations. You know, we need more kingdom conversations. Religious rants have not worked. Absolutely. And that's what we're, that's what we're all about. Like we named this whole podcast about that because, you know, it's not just about getting up and, and, and preaching a, um, a monologue. Jesus had dialogues with people where he asked them questions, where he seen how they responded, where he, and he didn't ask the questions because he didn't know the answer, but he asked the question so that they would get the revelation because we're going out into the world and we might be the only Bible, the only representation of Christ that people ever see. So it's not about, you know, yes, it's important to be in your word and to be studied, but the devil also knows the word backwards and forwards, but he doesn't have the revelation power. It's the word that's revealed that when you can look at a person and, you know, speak into their situation and their life and then say, well, how did you know that? How, you know what I mean? And it's just, there is just such a difference in that. There's a difference in just, you know, beating people up with scriptures and then actually going out there and ministering the revelation power. And it's really too, you know, what we do is we create a environment and a a conduit rather we create this expectation and this place for the power of God to move through and you could say okay what's a conduit so if you look at it like the uh, power outlet in your house okay so we know we know electricity we can't physically see electricity but we can see a power outlet we are the power outlet of the Holy Spirit the electrifying power of God so that power can flow through us like electricity into people's lives into dark and lost places and minister life-giving you know words of wisdom and just completely transform someone's entire life and when we create that expectation and we create that space for God to move in it's powerful you know um one of my favorite people is Mother Teresa and she went out into you know she she was in Calcutta, India, and she had groundbreaking uh, ministry there with people that were uh, beggars on the street. They were they didn't have any money. They were very poor, and they were suffering with leprosy. And this um, 
this reporter had asked her, you know, why, why are you bothering basically what you're doing here? They're going to die anyways. So he really cut to the chase. He didn't, you know, mix his words any. And, um, you know, she got it so right. She said, these people have been treated all their lives like dogs and their greatest disease is a sense that they are unwanted. Don't they have the right to die like angels? And that is so true. No one, no one, especially by the body of Christ, should ever feel excluded or unwanted or shunned or, or you know, pushed aside. We should be always being aware of making people feel, you know, special and, and loved by Christ and, and important. Yeah, it reminds me of the scripture, even the dogs eat the crumbs from the master's table. And Jesus said, I have not seen no greater faith than this. That's a pretty strong, strong statement. But, you know, when we bring, you know, the presence of God and the Holy Spirit into dark places, um, the light shines the brightest in the darkest of places. And, you know, different places, me and you have been, Catherine, and honest wherever I go people are drawn to me but it's not me it's the Holy Spirit in me and they open up and they I could meet them in the aisle at the grocery store <laughs> this and is true I've witnessed it <laughs> they tell me their whole life story and because of the infilling of the Holy Ghost it's gave me a boldness where I'm like let's pray right now and lay hands on them and just stop what's going on and, and when after I've had that conversation with them, I, I look around and the whole grocery store is looking like there's an audience and they're all receiving also. So you are like you said at the beginning, we are carrying his presence into this lost and dying world. There's people out there and they're hurting. Yeah. They are hurting, especially what, you know, what we come, we come out of last year. There is hurting people and we need to bring them into the church, which is a hospital. The Absolutely. Church, hospital for hurting and and people and that's what we need to do it says go out and compel open it up and compel them to come in absolutely you know when i um which i had been raised in church my my whole life you know and i i knew the lord at a very young age but you know he when he gives you his heart and puts his heart within you it changes how you view the world. You know, I used to go to church and not that they're, you know, everyone has things in their life that they're seeking answers for and trials that they're going through. You don't have to, um, you know, God cares about what concerns you. He says he perfects that which concerns you. But to me, you know, going to church was all about, oh, I want to go to this conference and I want to go to this revival and I want to go down. It was about what I could get out of it. And the Lord, you know, was even good at that. And I learned and I grew in spiritual maturity. And it wasn't anymore when I started to serve and I started getting involved in ministry because I've been involved in ministry for, you know, the greater part of over over about 12 years now so when i started serving in music ministry and on the worship teams and going out and you know uh doing whatever feeding homeless or volunteering different things like that it changed me i became 
you know, I, I became different and not to be like, oh, I'm not saying all those things like, oh, look at me, like all these things that I've done, because there's still no matter how much you think you've done in the kingdom, there is still work to do. And we can't be we can't be Sunday Christians. We can't be, you know, sitting at the table and become, uh, you know, have gluttony in the spirit, just, you know, taken in, taken in, taken in as much as we can and not pouring back out. And there is a lost and dying world out there that we need to uh, really be be diligent. And now more than ever, if we look at the condition of the world and just the way things are, you know, name anything, government, politics, education, any any type of, 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 of uh, area in our world, you know, it's being impacted and we have to start taking the land back and taking back this territory uh, for the kingdom of God. Amen. Can I read a, a couple scriptures? Go for it. In Luke, it's uh, it's a fan favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Luke 15, 4 through 7. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders Listen mm-hmm. to that. He lays it on his shoulder. So he carries that one closer rejoicing. And when he, can, when he comes home, he calls together all his friends and neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me for I have found my sheep, which I lost. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who have no need of repentance. Wow. I think that uh, literally says it all <laughs> that that right there is uh, the the best ever. Amen. And, you know, um, we are to go into the world and 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 preach the gospel and the kingdom and to compel them to come in. And because there is going to be a wedding feast coming and we are the bride of Christ and our bridegroom is coming, but the invitations have to go out. That's what the end of my book was um, to drive it home that we're on a mission from God and we have invitations to deliver and there's going to become a day and he's going to say, you had one job and that was to send the invites out. And we, And, and I love what you say, like the church has to stop preaching to the church. and evangelizing the church yes the church preaches to the world yeah it's the church doesn't preach to the church yep absolutely and you know we can't assume for one minute you know just because it's 2021 and people have uh you know cell phones and the internet we can't assume for one minute because there are people out there and they have literally looked at us and said you know i know i've who what's who's jesus I've never heard that before. There are people walking around in this time that we are living in. And I know that sounds, you know, because people that, well, oh, no. Okay, we'll see them not ever hearing about what who Jesus is. No, it's real. There are people out there that have never heard the name of Jesus. They have never had the gospel ministered to them. They have never received him as their savior. Let us not be too, you know, big for our britches and ever assume that just because we live in the quote-unquote age of technology and information that the gospel and the revelation truth is going out there 
they just don't know um, exactly what you just said. I remember going to the bakery to pick up a cake and I happened to ask, have you heard the good news? And she said, no. And I said, have you ever heard the good news of Jesus Christ? No. What is that? And then I told her and her eyes opened up almost like blinders were falling off as I was speaking the good news of Jesus Christ. I talked to another gentleman in a drive through and I asked him and he told me, oh, yes, you mean the guardians of the galaxy? Oh, no. And they just don't know. And then I explained it to him and he received Christ on the spot. Like they don't know. It's no different than even down there. Um, at Planned Parenthood, um, one of a girl walking up, just a young girl, um, asked me, "Abortion's bad, right?" And then I explained to her, and um, and then she looked, and yeah, that's what I thought. So she 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 had she thought, but she just no one had told her. Do you know what I mean? And then she asked me, "Well, what happens after? Like, if someone had the abortion?" And then I explained to her about forgiveness and um. And I just felt like there was healing at that moment when she was told mm. the truth. Absolutely. The truth will set them free. And, you know, I know from even the prison ministry um, at my church here in Arizona, Church for the Nations, one of the pastors that run our prison ministry, he says, you know, there are, there are guys that are locked up serving life sentences and they are more free on the inside than there are people that are walking around on our streets today. And we can actually bring people. We have the keys to unlock prison doors. We have the keys to, to set the captives free, to preach the gospel, to go into the world. He has anointed us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Um, if you would like a uh, copy of Sarah's book, Revelation Straight Out of Quarantine, get in touch with us at our email, which is wow, W-O-W, ministers at yahoo.com. Uh, we have a, an Instagram. It's wow to double underscore ministries at Instagram. So uh, you can find us on that, our social media. Of course, subscribe to our, our podcast. And uh, if you have any prayer requests or, or anything that you uh, want to share with us, we, we love to hear from the audience and from all the listeners. Is there anything else, Sarah, that you'd like to say? No, that was awesome. Um, excited um, for the next podcast. We love you. Jesus loves you. And the kingdom is available to you. And you got it to do. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Get to work. <laughs>